Okay, I'm obsessed with Audible because it lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one app. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. And with female writers and heroines, celebrity narration, multicast productions, Audible has you covered for every type of excitement that you're looking for, including true crime and mystery. And I know all of you love that too. For example, right now, I'm listening to None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. That's audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500 500. With four daughters and two on a dance team, I can tell you we go through a lot of mascara in my house, but I'm crazy about L'Oreal Paris new Panorama Mascara, which catches every lash for corner to corner for maximum volume. If you're looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank, this is yours. The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. I've been using it for about two weeks now, and I feel like my eye has completely opened up, and the girls are crazy about it too. They've got a tapered brush to catch every lash, one of the best mascara wands that I've ever used. And like I said, this luxe appearance of this gold package you got to get it. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. L'Oreal Paris New Panorama Mascara. You're going to love it. The Amazing Kate Casey. Welcome back to another episode of Reality Life with Kate Casey. Hope that you had a great week. And I've got two things I really want you to watch. The first is this Netflix documentary about Michael Schumacher. He is one of the most accomplished drivers in Formula One history. Listen, if you've never watched anything about Formula One racing, you can either watch this documentary and just hear this incredible personal story. But if you want to know more about the sport, Formula One on Netflix is this great series that really goes behind the scenes of the racers and also the companies that have the cars that these racers drive. And you get a whole window into that world. I I've really enjoyed watching it. I knew absolutely nothing about the sport before watching the series and loved it. Well, this one is just a really great personal story of one of the best racers. And he was in a skiing accident in 2013. So it talks about his recovery, his incredible family, I recommend it. This show, if you are looking for something that just makes you laugh, like a great make me feel better kind of show, I've got one for you and it's called Jack Whitehall Travels with My Father. It's on Netflix. Okay, first of all, Jack Whitehall is this hilarious comedian and actor and a total babe, British guy. In this show, he and his stuffy father, Michael, who by the way, looks just like Dominic Dunn, who's one of my four most favorite writers of all time. He's always in a full suit and a hat, this very posh gentleman. And they go on trips to foreign lands and they have the funniest odd couple relationship. And it's all in an attempt to strengthen their bond. And I promise you, you're going to feel great watching it. You're going to laugh. It's called Jack Whitehall Travels with My Father. It's on Netflix. And, you know, I listen, a couple other things that are funny to watch, Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team. It never ceases to amaze me how incredible these dancers are. The training, I couldn't make it past five minutes. I mean, I can't even do step aerobics. They're incredibly talented. Some of them, not so much. I don't know why they tried out, but that's neither here nor there. The greatest part about it is they've got these two coaches. Kelly Finglass is the director of cheerleading and Judy Trammell is the head choreographer. 
I would sleep with one eye open if they were my coaches. I mean, they put the fear of God in you. They're clearly so good at what they do, but I just love to hear the personal stories of each dancer. And that's also a great show to watch. This episode features an interview with Wells Adams from Bachelor in Paradise. He was a contestant during the JoJo season of The Bachelorette and was a standout hilarious star. He is the bartender on Bachelor in Paradise, which I got to be honest with you, seems like an ideal job because you get to mix drinks and just listen to conversations with crazy people trying to be in relationships on TV. The downside is they actually make him work. I mean, he's got to cut limes. And I was a bartender at one time and that's a nightmare. I mean, you actually get cuts in your fingers and then lime juice gets in it. You want to chop your hand off. He's really funny in the job. And like I said, this season in many, many episodes thus far this summer, I've told you, is so funny. So I wanted to ask him about this season, what's going on with the show, having guest hosts like David Spade, who apparently no one really knew who he was, which makes me feel sad and happy at the same time. Whether or not they knew Lance uh, Bass's, you know, famous choreography, all of that, I got to it. And some of these batshit crazy couples, including the one that licks whipped cream off of each other's toes. I mean... It's crazy. So this is a hilarious show. You got to watch it. And I love talking to Wells. So here we go. I know everybody right now is on a health kick. And that's why I want to tell you about Row Body Program. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes. So you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. It could be you too. Row Body Program members have support throughout the process. Row's partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to the provider on demand for any questions. And you can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. And this means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.com slash KKC. Sign up today and you're going to pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash KKC. With DoorDash, there's something for everyone. You need a birthday gift? Check. Need to stock up on meals, sides, and drinks that your family loves? Also check. Pet ran out of food again? They've got it. Wellness essentials need a restock? It's a good thing they've got those too. The DoorDash app allows you to customize, substitute, schedule, and track your orders, as well as communicate with your shopper while receiving real-time updates. This has been a huge game changer for myself and for our family. Millions of people trust DoorDash for groceries, pet supplies, gifts, well-being, and more, and you should too. Shop with DoorDash and enjoy big savings. Use code KATECASEY to get 50% off, up to $10 value on $15 minimum subtotal on your next convenience, grocery or retail order. For eligible users only, terms apply. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm good. So I wonder... How far into the experience of the Bachelor world did someone pull you aside and go, you know, you're really pretty funny. We want to use you in other ways. Listen, this chick doesn't like you, but we like you. So maybe we can (laughs) figure out a way to uh, keep this relationship going. Um, 
It wasn't like that. It wasn't like they sat me down and were like, the big wigs over here in Hollywood think that you're going to be a star, kid, so we're going to make you one. It wasn't, it didn't work that way. Uh, How it went down was on The Bachelorette, um, I was, I got the first group date rose. And so when that happens, they don't care about you for the rest of the week because there is no storyline with you anymore. Um, because you've already got a rose. So I noticed that like no cameras were following me around. No one wanted to do interviews with me. So I was like, I'm going to get trashed. So I would make drinks for myself. And the next person who got uh, a one-on-one rose was my buddy, Derek Paith. And I was like, here's the rule. If you get a rose before uh, a rose ceremony, you have to get drunk with me on my famous old fashions. And so we I started this like weird thing where if you got like middle of the week roses, you got to get uh, an old fashioned from me. And then everyone started saying that like, Wells's old fashions are really good. And then I started making them kind of for everybody. And so that's kind of how the bartender thing, I think, first started. I was a bartender in college. And like when I was out of college, I was moonlighting at a radio station. I was also waiting tables and bartending and, you know, trying to make ends meet. So I knew what I was doing. And then, um, and then they wanted me to come to paradise. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to go on that show. Like I, my career in radio was, was doing very well. Me going on the bachelorette in the first place was kind of a bit, uh, like I didn't, it was more of like, well, I'm, I just got dumped. I'm single. This will be funny to talk about. Like, who knows what's going to happen? I yeah. mean, it ended up being like a really fun experience and one that I'm like so thankful I did. But I remember them wanting me to do Paradise. And I was like, I don't want to do that show. At that time, the show was kind of considered in like Bachelor Nation kind of trashy because they'd only done, I think, two mm-hmm. seasons of it. Um, and I was like, let me be the bartender. And, you know, they were like, well, we have a bartender. And I said, okay, well, is there is there ever going to be like an opportunity for for like another role? And they said, well, hey, listen, the bartender is going to be leaving the resort. Jorge was an actual like uh, employee of yeah. yeah, Playa Escondida, and they're like, this is his last last year. He's working there, and then he's going to move on and start this like tourism company. So if you come this year, we'll let you bartend next year. I said, okay, put it in writing. And I'll be there. And then the next thing you know, I was on a plane and I I went and I had a good time. I dated a bunch of people. And at that time, I think I was getting my bachelor audition. Um, they weren't sure who they were going to pick. And they were like, let's see if Wells can handle dating a bunch of people. So I dated like three women in four days, did two rose ceremonies, had a breakup with someone, like <laughs> all within like, you know, like 72 hours and I think they were like, he uh, did not uh, flourish in this <laughs> in this setting. So then, yeah, the next the next year, I came back as the bartender, and the rest, as they say, is history. But do you think you would have been a good bachelor? I mean, uh, listen, the romance aside, the the parts about like going on home dates. I mean, you could have nailed that. That could have been pretty funny. Yeah, I think that. Their apprehension with me was, one, I wasn't traditionally like handsome like all the bachelors normally are. I'm not like chiseled and like have like abs from tit to taint. So like, I don't think that <laughs> that like a lot of America would have been like, ooh, swoon over Wells, taking his shirt off. Uh, it, 
Uh, and also, like, I think the other thing is that so much, I mean, this season of Paradise, I'm having to be serious because I'm, I am the, the MC of these rose ceremonies, and that's a very serious thing. But so much of my persona, because I was like the, I was the wacky morning show guy, uh, <laughs> it has always been silly. And those two shows, The Bachelor and Bachelorette, yes, they are funny, but they're not funny for the lead. Uh, they're funny uh-huh. for all the people that, mm-hmm. that are dating. And I think that the apprehension was is that Wells's default is humor uh, instead of like emotion um, and being like super emotive, which is true, which is why I think that like I've done so well in Paradise because that show is a comedy with yeah. romance, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, it worked out the way it was supposed to. I don't know if I would have been a good bachelor. I think I would have, I think it would have been funny. Like they would have had to figure out, they can't cut like all my, here's the thing. Like I would have been ripping on a lot of these people because like a lot of their, the things they say is insane, you know? So I think a lot of my interviews would have been me being like, She's naked now, you know, like what's yeah. going on? You know, like she's no yeah. top on anymore. I don't know. But did you ever watch Charlie O'Connell's season? No. And so I, I'm like a, the probably the worst like Bachelor Nation guy because like I didn't start watching really until I watched a little bit of Juan Pablo's season because I was living right. with my sister at the time. And then I watched Ben's season because I was like, well, I know that the girl I'm going to date is on this thing, so I better, like, figure out what's going on. Um, Charlie O'Connell's season, to this day, to me, is the best season because he was really funny about it. And it makes me think about the new model in Bachelor in Paradise with the guest host. Like, I think that it worked so well because, in the end, it's an absurd situation. So it actually does help it to have people that are laughing about it because, I mean— to be so serious about the idea of meeting someone in a sea of contestants is a little bit absurd, don't you think? I think I think for the two main shows, that's absurd because that is just not a normal situation for people unless like you're yeah. some kind of like weird, you know, like polygamist <laughs> <It's> like narrowing <laughs> it down. Um, but I do think that Paradise is, albeit, yes, an odd situation. It's a more natural one. I always said it's like adult camp. Like, it's just a bunch yeah. of people running around on a beach. Or, or, it's, or it's like maybe like a singles retreat. It's kind of like that, which is cameras going around. So I, I think it's it's a more realistic setting. It's also, you get so much more time with everybody. Like, you're just stuck there with everyone. And so you, you you're kind of forced to like really create like a lot of, connections for the guest host thing like the truth of the matter is is that that's not a new thing every season they have celebrities on uh doing stupid stuff and hosting dates and stuff it's just that the name changed this year um so i think it was good yeah like i like you'll see uh little john this week is so good <laughs> so funny and so ridiculous that like yeah. it totally fits the show. Yeah. Yeah. How many of the contestants actually knew who Lance Bass was? I would say they knew Lance better than they knew Spade, which is sad. Oh. Oh, interesting. The average age there is like 24. 
And like, Aye. so, so their, their reference for Spade was, oh, you were the llama in Emperor's New Groove, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. I just sat there and quoted Spade's movies to him. And right. I don't know if he liked that or not, but you know, how many opportunities do you get to like hear Chris Farley's Farley stories? Once they figured out who it was, then they were starstruck. Um, but then, yeah, I think, especially the girls all knew who Lance was. Did they know any NSYNC songs? Well, here's the thing. I mean, we open with him coming in <laughs> and like, it's like, oh, this, it's this guy's song. Got it. Oh, like, God. this is it. You oh, know, like, because yeah. there was a boom box that like said press play and then the whole resort started playing his music. <laughs> Is there a chance we could get Sean Mendez to appear maybe in the next Pot Paradise? Maybe that would be something they would re- respond to someone younger. Yeah, Harry Styles, maybe. <laughs> Harry Styles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They all kind of have some working knowledge of who each other are. Some of them have DM'd. Like, how much do they know about each other's backstory? Would you say percentile? And how how much do they know about who's coming? Or is there anybody that's totally in the dark? Like, I have no idea who's going to walk down those steps. Um, I mean, I I would assume that they're all smart enough to watch the shows leading up to have an idea or an understanding of who would be coming. Um, and then, of course, like, the show, yes, it's like a comedy, but, like, at the end of the day, we need engagements. We don't need it. We want engagements. We want love stories. So it behooves us to figure out who people are interested in seeing and making sure that those paths cross. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, of course, like there is, there, you know, when I went on the show, I remember Elongale hit me up and was like, who do you want to see? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. So-and-so looks cool. So-and-so looks cool. We all thought Kayla was going to be the Bachelorette. So yeah, maybe her, because like who knows what would have happened if I dated her instead of JoJo. Uh, so they, you, you have those conversations about like who's going to be there because I think that everyone's hoping that there's successful love stories that happen. So Victoria basically came, she already had a boyfriend. And then when no one really wanted to date her, then it comes out that she's got the boyfriend back at home. Do you think that that is a singular experience? Or do you think there are more people that show up and they're like, I'm just going to keep that that person in my back pocket in case it doesn't work out here? Yeah, I don't know. I think probably everyone's situation is different and more nuanced than the next. Um, I, I will say this, like, and as someone who's been a part of, uh, of the show... You know, you get off of it and all of a sudden, you went from like no one giving crap who you were to then you going out and then all of a sudden, you know, people are taking pictures with you and and you get you get your 15 minutes, weirdly enough. Mm-hmm. And so I can't speak for the girls <clears throat> so much as I can speak for the guys, but like a lot of guys go on like uh, a fuck boy rant, you know, afterwards. Oh, and sure. so, and so to answer your question, sometimes I wonder if people come uh, and in their mind, they don't think they're in a relationship, but they've led people on back home that assume that they are in a relationship. And I think that's kind of what happens, if you ask me. So you're in this resort. You've got 
the opportunity to drink margaritas and eat tortilla chips and salsa. I'm imagining there are a bunch of people that gain weight. However, there are lots of people that are mindful that they're on camera. How many of these drinks are you making? Like, what's the percentile margaritas versus protein shakes that they're asking you to make? Uh, well, I don't do the I, I don't do protein shakes. I don't have like a kitchen uh, <laughs> in my area. Um, <clears throat> well, there is a rule we have ever since I think season four. We've started uh, like regulating everyone's uh, alcohol intake um, for a couple reasons. But consent is one of them. And also, like, no one wants to see some sloppy chick or some just, like, drunk-ass dude on TV. Like, it just is a bad look. Um, so it, the, the rule is, like, I, you can have two drinks an hour. The truth of the matter is that you can get pretty tanked on two drinks an hour. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, everyone kind of goes through the... It's just like when you go to a, like an all-inclusive resort. At first, you go and you get every stupid sugary drink possible because <laughs> you're like, I'm in paradise. And yeah, here's a Mai Tai and a pina colada. And then that like messes their stomach up and, and like too much sugar and their hangovers are bad. So then they move over to like the tequila, soda, splash of pineapple yeah. thing. And that'll last for a little bit. And then they start to realize that, like, you know, the only thing that, like, makes them feel alive <laughs> is, like, wine or champagne or beer. Because those are the, those are the, the, the drinks that you know how much alcohol is in them. Um, and then everyone kind of revert, reverts to kind of just, like, drinking champagne or wine uh, there at the tail end. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a cycle. But every season's different. Every season has, like, their drink. This season, very much more so than any other season I've ever done, everyone drank champagne, even the guys, which was bonkers to me. I will say this, though. No <laughs> one drinks beer because everyone is terrified of carbohydrates. I believe um, that. I believe it. Yeah. Yes. So the, the only person that drinks beer there is me and Joe. <laughs> Joe would drink beer with me. It was me and Joe drinking beers, uh, which I feel like, if you watch the show, it totally makes sense that like Joe, of course, is like, give me a Corona. Let's go. Let's hang out. So. So do you think that before they put the alcohol limit on years before there were people that were so inebriated that they ended up getting engaged and they were like, whoops, like I said that. Uh Oh, no, because it was more of you got so trashed that we couldn't air any of your footage and you went home night one. Like, no way like some crazy drunk is making it all the way to the end because it's just not attractive. Like, no one's into that, yeah. you know? Joe, true or false, had diarrhea for at least four days of filming. True. Very true. So when we see him lounging, it's not like he's considering, you know, should I get married? Should I pursue this relationship? It really was, a lot of it was, how do I get myself back into better health? No, uh, like a lot of his like contemplation on like day beds by himself was him freaking out. Uh, the truth of the matter is when he was sick, he wasn't on camera. Like he was in bed. Like we, we put him up, we gave him like Pedialyte and was like, stay there and feel better. Um, 
<clears throat> so yeah, no, it was that that stuff's all legit. But yeah, he did get sick every year. Someone gets sick. Bukowski got sick last year. It's tough too because the girls are like, "My guy's gone," you know, and <laughs> but you want to take care of them, but like they're oh, shitting their brains out. Totally you know? <laughs> gross. But then also, are they? Do, does someone like Joe feel under more pressure because he's like, "I just lost out on a couple of days, and I really want to get to know this person." Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe anyone other than Joe would feel that way. But I think that the beauty of Joe is he's very comfortable being Joe. And I think that he would have said something to the effect of like, well, if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. And I can't help the fact that I'm shitting my brains out. You know, like right. I, I think he would have been fine with it. But So Kendall arrives. I didn't seem like she was really pining out of Verum still. The first thing she says to him is, hey, butthead. And I thought, mm, if you're really still mulling whether or not you should be together, that's probably not the first thing you'd say. Am I wrong? I think so. I think I think that that was the most fucked up thing. To, like of all yeah. the things that I, a, a thing to do, that's a pet name. And I like, I'm just trying to imagine if I was sitting next to Sarah yeah, and my ex came down and called me in front of Sarah by my pet name, I think Sarah would have ripped her fucking throat out. And when I saw that, I was like, oh my God. Like, I thought that was a big flex, actually. So what was going on outside of what we saw on the show with those three? Because Serena must feel so uncomfortable at that point. Is she just avoiding Kendall as much as possible? Um... I don't know. I mean, it's hard to avoid anybody there. There's only so much real estate that you can occupy. I think that, (laughs) yeah, I think that she, I think that the reason why everyone really liked Joe and Serena is that they are very, uh, they seem very mature. And I Mm. do think that Serena, it was very mature about the situation. Uh, You know, she was, I think she was like, this sucks. This is annoying. Um, and Joe was, Joe just kind of thought it was funny. Like he was just like, this is insane that this is happening. <laughs> uh, like, I don't know what to do. You know, like, yeah. he'd come up to me like, what, what do I do? Cause you, usually I'm the voice of, of all the good advice. And he'd be like, what, what else, what do I do? And I'm like, this is way above my pay grade. Like I've never had to deal yeah. with something like this. Like, just like good luck, bro. But yeah, I, th- I think they, they handled it as well as you can handle something like that, you know? I mean, you don't want to dry hump her when, you know, your girlfriend's over in the booth watching. I mean, that's so uncomfortable. Yeah, but like I said, there's only so much real estate, so... Where else you know. is she going to go? All right, yeah. here's another question. These contestants, they've come off other seasons. There's probably a lot of chatter because they're probably at, finally at a place where the other people understand their life experience, right? So they're back home and they're like, well you know, so-and-so was a jackass when I went on a, you know, date. They're finally around people that they can kind of vent. So when you're overhearing conversations, which is the former bachelor or bachelorette that they complained about most? So was it like Colton, Peter, Matt? What were you hearing? I mean, I think you have to take that with a grain of salt because no one there is someone who ended up with the lead. So of course they're a little scorned by the situation um, or by that person. I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that everyone 
has legitimate reasons for being upset at whoever they dated on the show. I mean, Tia had a legitimate reason, you know, uh, with, you know, what transpired with Colton after the show. Uh, I think everyone had a legitimate reason to be mad at Pilot Pete. Um, (laughs) You know, I'm trying to think of, Everyone made fun of Matt for kissing with his eyes open, which I thought was funny because Matt was like, I'm not even fucking here, guys. Like, lay off me, you know? Right. Like, I'm not even on this show. Um, But yeah, you know, they all are a little... It's still like a fresh wound for them that they got dumped on on TV. And so I give them a little bit of of a, you know, a pass on that. So what is the feeling when Becca walks down? Are they like, lady, you had your opportunity to be the bachelorette. Like, why are you ruining this for us? And then also, what's that like for her to be the bachelorette? And then she's stuck in a rose ceremony again. I mean, selfishly, personally, I was so happy she was there because it opens the floodgates to have leads on the show. Uh, Obviously, it was unprecedented before her. And so now her being there, I think a lot more leads will do it. I mean, for Becca, it was hot girl summer for her. Like, she was was single. She was ready to have a good time. She looked great. And like, you know, why not? The truth of the matter is she's not going to get to be the bachelorette again. Like, that, that ship has sailed. She did it already. Uh, so why not come out and, and, you know, hang out with a bunch of people from, from Bachelor Nation? I don't think anyone was like, you've already had your time. You don't deserve to be here. I mean, the truth of the matter is that show, uh, is a redemption opportunity for everyone. Um, that's especially why I love when quote unquote villains come there because they always get to change their, their script around. Not that Becca was ever a villain. She was always a wonderful person, but she got kind of uh, maybe dealt a bad deal with kind of who who she ended up with because they didn't really kind of like meet eye to eye in terms of a lot of things. It seemed like just through the press, it was like a lot of, you know, issues politically. Maybe they didn't kind of align with and stuff. Um, And so for me, I was like, good for her. Like she, she deserves another shot at love. Like, you know, why not? And, she was also always beloved. We knew that she was going to be kind of a hot commodity down there. And so, yeah, I think everyone was happy that she was there. Now, Blake came on my show and said that he was talking to her before and it was a deal breaker that she was coming on the show. And then she heard that and was really upset. I felt like I was in the middle of a soap opera. Do you feel like you're in the middle of a soap opera while you're on this show? Yeah, because I am in the middle of a soap opera. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, these two are fighting and it's they're like blaming me and I'm just the one that asked the questions. I mean, is that what your life is like when you're behind the bar? Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's, I mean, like I get, here's the thing. And I think that this is why I've been really successful in this role as like bartender slash therapist is one, I don't have a dog in the fight, right? Like I'm engaged, like right. I'm off limits. Um I don't really, I don't really care what happens other than I don't want people to look bad on TV. But here's the thing about my unique perspective is that like, I get to hear, uh, I get to hear like so-and-so's side. And then I get to hear the other person's side, uh, totally objectively, because usually they'll come to me separately. And then, and here's where I think like, (laughs) I, I really have 
a lot of like power and knowledge is that I get to hear what the group thinks about right. both sides. Yeah. So I get to, I get to see like everyone's like both their opinions, and then I get to uh, experience the perception. And so then that information is so valuable because I could be like, hey, listen, Gary, I know you're upset, but so and so. You know, feels this way. And to be honest with you, everyone kind of agrees with her about that. So maybe it's time to like reassess how you feel and why you're upset. And then when they can hear that kind of information, they're like, oh, I'm the dipshit. Okay, good to know. I can fix this. You know, does that make sense? Well, also, you must be so valuable to the rest of the the production team because you're getting a window into the whole picture versus some of the producers that are just hearing one story all the time. It's almost like you're playing defense on the soccer field. Like you get the whole field um, view, uh, which is probably really helpful in terms of stories and following the stories that are most interesting. Yes, I I think that I can see the forest for the trees. Unlike a lot of people who are, you know, very much like, you know, one producer is very focused on one person. Correct. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year, with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. This was a rose ceremony like no other. What were you feeling before you walked into it and afterwards? Yeah, we had talked about what needed to be done. Um... Because it was messed up. Like, if you really, truly looked at it objectively, Natasha, I mean, and and maybe to her fault, she put all her eggs in one basket. But when you kind of reel back the tape, there was a lot of positive affirmation that Brendan was giving Natasha. And it didn't seem right that, like, such a really sweet, wonderful girl was going to get kicked out because these two people were dating before the show started. You know, like it just didn't sit right well with production and me specifically because they cut a lot of it out. But like Natasha was someone who I talked to a lot ad nauseum. Um, A lot of tears were shed at my bar. Um, And so, you know, I, I... we, we, I went to production. I was like, what do we, what can we do? How can we fix this problem? And they're yeah. like, well, you, we can, we can present her with the rose and keep her around. That's what you want to do. And I was like, I absolutely, 
think we should do that. And kind of everyone came together and like, I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of like, uh, I, I wonder if Jasenia was like, well, what about me? What the fuck? But the truth <laughs> of the matter is that Jasenia, you know, was dating Ivan and then broke up with him to start dating Chris. And so like, she had a couple more opportunities. Whereas Natasha was just like, really kind of got railroaded. Um, so it just seemed like the right thing to do. I mean, sometimes, I think that's what's great about getting to be the, you know, the master of ceremonies is that like, sometimes you can fix wrongs that like the contestants don't have the power to, you yeah, know? absolutely. Um, and so I, I think it was the right thing to do for sure. What did you think about that conversation, that cringy conversation? Did you have Fontrum? Were you having shame attacks from afar? I probably would be more team Brennan and Piper until I started hearing yeah. all of these little interviews that they weren't interviews, all of these conversations that they were having when they either one didn't think that they were getting filmed or, or two, like hitting their microphones to like, so they couldn't get the audio, which I'm like, how stupid are you guys? Like this whole place is a giant microphone. Like the fact that you guys think you're getting around this is insane to me. Just so tapping um, on it, like we're going to get, a, we're, we'll get around this just by tapping it. It's the same as in Housewives, they go bravo, bravo, bravo. It's like their, yeah. their scheme. Interesting. Yeah, but it's, just, I mean, like, I guess it would work if they were both tapping, but the fact is right. you guys are sitting next to each other. <laughs> right. She's mic'd up. She's not tapping her chest. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? I was talking about it with Nick Vial the other night, and he was like, yeah, I remember, like, the only time that you can get away with that is when you go in the ocean and you have, they have to take your mic off because Brilliant. they can't Brilliant. get it wet. And so, like, the more and more I think about it, I do think that they are victims of 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 not studying the show at all, like not knowing what they were doing. Like there are a few rules. There's not many. There are a few. I say it in the episode. I say, there's really only one rule. And that rule is you can't go on any of the shows if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That's yeah. the only one that we really have. And they did that. They were together the night before Brendan left for the show. That's kind of your girlfriend. I'm sorry to say. Um, that's one rule. The other rule is that like, yes, of course, everyone knows that a lot of people go on reality TV to become Insta-famous and sell fucking diarrhea tea <laughs> on social media. Like, we get it. Right. But it's the most unrelatable thing to a, an entire audience mm -hmm. that has 400 followers and 70 of them are family members. Like, Correct. It's, and it just sounds so Doozy. bad. Yeah. Yes. And when, you know, when Piper's like, I'm, <laughs> she says, <laughs> uh, she says, I mean, I would have gotten followers anyways. I do have a degree in marketing after all. I'm sitting there thinking, oh my no, God. you won't. No. You will not, not at all. Nope. Uh, like, like, what are you talking about? Like, no. <laughs> and, and it just made me so cringed out. And I didn't yeah. know this until I watched the, you know, the episode this week. And I was just like, you know, man, if, it does seem like this was your guys's play. And, uh, in, to, to be honest with you, it's just not in the spirit of the show. Now, all the hate that they're getting is so not warranted because, Hey, America, remember it's a it's silly a TV show. TV on, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's pump the brakes. There are bigger problems we have uh, right now. Yeah, exactly. Tia is pretty funny. 
I have to give it to her. She says hilarious things and she really goes for it. Yeah, but like a lot of her funny stuff happens on her dates. And so <laughs> we're obviously not like kind of privy to that because we're not there. Yeah. Uh so I would say that like, I mean, she's a wonderful person just to be around, but she is absolutely hilarious back on TV. Like when you watch it back yeah. on TV, like I, I, if I have to hear her talk about her vagina vibrating one more time, I'm going <laughs> to lose my mind. But my girl th- threw the Mastodon boobies out like in episode three. And then she's talking about her vagina <laughs> vibrating like 17 times in this episode. It's like, I don't even know, like if she comes back next year, like let's say she doesn't get engaged, who knows what happens. But if she comes back next year, like I don't know a body part she can get to talk about next or like, I think we're done, you know? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Demi and Kenny, the most improbable couple in the world. Um, Did she really like this guy? It didn't really seem like it. Um, I, I don't know. I'm... I think that she just doesn't do well with rejection. Probably. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that like as for as funny and uh as entertaining as Demi is, a lot of that's derived from her insecurities, unfortunately. Oh, okay. And I think that that is really showcased um a lot in the show. Like I love her being on the show because she drives storylines so well. And interviews so well. Um, but like the scene last week where, you know, she like puts her, her hair in front of her face and, and it's like, I feel so stupid. Um, and I, I was like, wow, I think a lot of women, not a lot of, any, a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Kenny's really handsome, like very, very attractive. And maybe it's a thing that like doesn't translate well on TV. Yeah. But um, in person, I I would say that like, and I'm very comfortable saying this, like the two hottest guys on the beach, hands down are Kenny and Joe. Like it's it's Kenny and Joe. And then it's like everyone else, not even in the same conversation. And so like, I get Demi being like, Super and to, to be honest with you, Denny probably would have gone after Joe if Joe didn't get booed up so quick. I love that we're talking about a 37-year-old and a 40-year-old. And yeah. Joe, like 37, <laughs> like that is amazing. And I I think it's much more enjoyable to watch people that are realistically looking at a relationship with the idea of, you know, I want to take this past this show. So I think that's awesome. And I hope they continue to do that. Um there are rumors of three people that didn't get engaged. Obviously, we're not spoiling anything on the show. I do not want people to murder me. Um, what is what is the feeling that you get watching all of these contestants? Is there this pressure of having the strongest couple? I think that's just, <clears throat> it's kind of the strongest couple thing is just a talking point. I think that um, just gets asked in, interview a lot. Same with like right reasons, wrong reasons thing. Yeah. Um, I think that we're about at the time where the show, one really big thing happens in the coming weeks that's like very dramatic, but we're about at the time of the show where it shifts from comedy to being really romantic and really lovey-dovey. Oh. And um, I think it's, it's, I don't know, if, I think it's important for people to think they're in the strongest relationship because they want to feel uh, it's stable in rose ceremonies. Mm-hmm. But like kind of once you get over that hurdle and you start, start dropping L-bombs and stuff, 
you kind of know you're in it for the long haul. And then it's deciding on what you want to do. Like, do you want to leave? Do you want to break up? Do you want to leave together? Or do you want to get engaged? And I will say that there are some like really beautiful relationships that come out of paradise this year. Can someone who's been on this, you know, a season, you know, a couple seasons ago be considered as a bachelorette potential? I don't know if they're super concerned about finding fresh new faces. I think they are concerned with finding people who are in the right, like, time of their life to do just that. And I like, I love Matt James. He's this really sweet guy. I don't think he was probably like in in the season of his life to get engaged on the show. Um, and so like, who's a good example? I think Ben Higgins is like kind of the gold standard for like what you want your lead to be. And like Ben is a guy that's like, he's been wanting to be married for a very long time. And so Sincere. you need, you need yeah. that thing um, to have a successful show. And so I think it's more of like who really fits what we what we want from them, which is someone who's just like ready to, you know, get engaged and fall in love and, you know, not really caring about being on a TV show so much. Okay, last couple questions that are really fast. Um, there's no workout equipment to be seen. Is there a gym there for these contestants or they have to do band work and sit-ups on the beach? Yeah, it's there's no gym. There is, <laughs> uh, it's band work and sit-ups and stuff. I mean... I think that there's going to be a scene in the coming weeks where they're all working out on the beach and it's like me and all the girls are watching being like, look at these idiots. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Who is, I, you know, there got to be some contestants that clam up a little bit on camera uh, for whatever reason. Is there someone that you wish, gosh, if people really saw just how funny they are? They ha- We haven't really seen it yet because they didn't follow that story for whatever reason, or maybe they clam up in front of the camera. Um, no. And if I'm being fair, I've always said this and I'll say this to like the contestants when they show up, like paradise is reality TV all-stars. Like, yes, you're there because we want people, you're popular and we want you, you to find love, but you're also there because you're very good at being on camera and doing interviews and talking. So like, The only person that's ever been really bad was Joe. And it was last season because he'd only been, it was a night one guy. He freaked out the first day, but then he like kind of figured it out. And now he's like the best guy, which is so funny. Um, I probably would have said like at the beginning of the season, I probably would have said like, you you guys are never going to know how funny Aaron is. But I do think they've done a very good job of showing how funny Aaron is. Like the things that come out of his mouth are just like, where are you from? You know, but <laughs> do you think Tammy's pretty funny too? Oh, she is funny. She is funny. Do you think they'll ever have another wedding, a bachelor wedding, like they did with Trista and Ryan? Is there somebody that they could foresee spending a special, like over the top wedding? Maybe I think that you've, we've got a better shot at a paradise wedding um, for oh, people that okay. like find love in paradise because then it mm-hmm. it also helps drive storyline because then you have to invite people, but you don't invite everybody. So some people can't go and then who knows what's going to happen. You know, like it's a, it's a helpful tool in progressing storyline for the show. And also you get a free wedding out of the deal. Like it's kind of a win, 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 you know? 
did uh, Kenny talk to Lance Bass about band management issues? I'm sure. <laughs> I'm 100% sure of it. Uh, yeah, they, I'm sure they just, they just cut it, but and who yeah, is, good question. Who is the most annoying make, like make-out couple? Like, what's the point? You're like, oh my God, just get out of here. Well, I, no one makes me feel like, oh my God, get out of here. I Like, I want, I'm not like a, creepy like voyeur or whatever but like <laughs> obviously <laughs> i i'm there to help people fall in love and so i like to see it i'm hoping for it but riley and marissa i mean yeah it's like and i, I this, this is my fifth sixth season whatever i i don't think i've ever seen a couple with more sexual like compatibility, compatibility like it's fucking yeah. hot dude like very very hot and like I'm waiting for like the Pornhub theme song to like air right for like when they walk in the room. You yeah. know? I mean, like straight up, you know, she's like licking whipped cream off of his oh my big God. toe. It's like oh God. And then people just want to know this last question. Do yeah. people go into the hazmat or into the boom boom room with hazmat suits? Do is there bleach? I mean, is it cleaned in between? couples. I've pitched this idea so many times <laughs> to production to walk in there with a black light and it would look like a fucking Amazing. war shack painting. Like it'd been like, what is happening here? And Absolutely. it was just like, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> like just like handprints, like going down, like, like blood spatter everywhere, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no dice, um, no dice. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe next year. It, it's a good, it's such a good bit. I just don't know if, if we could you can pull it off, but yeah, it's uh, that room's seen some shit. It seems some stuff. Tell everybody what you're working on and where they can find you. Well, I'm currently on uh, this show called Bachelor in Paradise. It airs now only on Tuesdays on ABC because Monday Night Football is fucking mm-hmm. happening. Um, and yeah, I will. I, I think I can tease this like coming up. So you have we have Lil John as the host this week, and then I get to be the host. Uh, at the end, which is um, which is really cool, and like the rose ceremony thing is fun, but like <clears throat> the, also getting to like change outfits is uh, is like a big win. It's like a yeah, big win for me. Yeah, they put you in me, like a bowling you know? shirt. I'm like, what is what is he wearing? Well, I, here's the thing. So you know, I'm in my bartender outfit, and I had conversations with production a lot about this. And, you know, we went back and forth of like, does Wells change into a suit <clears throat> during rose ceremonies? Because effectively I am the, then the host of the show. And um, I remember like really high up, they were like, that's weird. Like who he he's bartending and then the next moment he's like in a suit. No, like have him wear the bartender shirt. And like the one big note that we've, I've, I've gotten a lot of big notes from social media, but one of the big ones is like, why the fuck is he still in the bartender shirt? Like, give the man a suit already. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, uh, when I get to actually be the host, I get to, uh, I get to lose the heavy bartender shirt, you know? Good, good. I host a podcast called uh, Your Favorite Thing Podcast or YFT. I do it with my dear friend, Brandy Cyrus, who's, you know, the daughter of... Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, she's the daughter of Billy Ray and the older sister of uh, Miley and Noah, and I've known her forever. And <clears throat> I mean, obviously, we talk about a lot of Bachelor stuff uh, when like the Bachelor's airing. 
especially this show because I'm I'm on it. But it's mainly a show of uh, us just talking about our favorite things. So it's just like a very positive, you know, um, we don't like to trash anybody. Like there's enough of that shit out there. Uh, So it's just a lot of like favorite books, favorite movies, favorite shows we're binging, uh, favorite Instagram follows, you know, favorite stupid stories and and favorite music. Just kind of like that kind of stuff. So if you're looking for like a feel-good, fun Show, uh, that's it. But then we also, I mean, obviously I have a very unique perspective into the Bachelor world, especially this season. So if you want some like really kind of behind the scenes shit, then yeah, go listen to YFT. It'll it, it'll open your eyes to a lot more that happens, you know, behind the scenes uh, on BIP. Well, thank you a million times. Of course. Thanks for having me. The Amazing Kate Casey. <laughs> I want to thank my great guest, Wells Adams, and remind you to click subscribe and leave a five-star review. So helpful. I'm almost to 5,000 and I'm almost to 400 episodes. So jump in that Facebook group, Reality Life with Kate Casey, to talk about this episode and everything that you're watching, listening to, and reading. You will find very cool, fun friends. And by the way, in my Facebook group, there are women that are interested in my friend, Joe, who is the 9-11 first responder, the former, excuse me, retired Green Beret. Ladies, if you're single in the District of Columbia area, you know, listen, you better make your move now because he's almost taken. You can find me on Twitter at Kate Casey. I'm tweeting presently about the bananery on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because now Erica Jane is claiming that there was a snowstorm in Pasadena. I mean, it, this nonsense is getting crazier and crazier. You can also find me on Instagram at, at Kate Casey CA where I just posted my new word, bananary. Go to my Instagram. You'll understand what I'm talking about. My TikTok. And you can also go to my Patreon, which has a new bonus episode you've got to listen to because Jonathan, Mark, and I, the medium, talk about the two cases, the Murdoch case and Gabby Petito, who's missing. And her boyfriend won't tell anybody where she is. So check out patreon.com backslash Kate Casey. Hope that you're having a great week. Look forward to catching up with you next week. And I am telling you, I've got it hit it out of the ballpark guest coming up. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.